Good evening, everyone. So in looking at today's gospel, we want to focus on one particular aspect that at least to me sort of stands out. The previous passage in the gospel, if we would have heard it, would have been the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And they encounter Jesus there, and of course he breaks bread with them, and they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. So now, in this gospel, they've returned, and they're telling the other disciples about their encounter with Jesus. When Jesus appears and says, peace be with you. And he does his best to convince them that he's not a ghost, that he is truly risen in his body. And he has flesh and bones, and they can touch his wounds, and they can see that he is not a ghost. But then he says something that, at least to me, has always been somewhat peculiar. He says, have you anything here to eat? And of course, the apostles give him some baked fish. But if you think about it, it's odd. Here's Jesus, and let's say that he was in Louisiana, comes back from rising from the dead, and he says, hey, bro, y'all got any hot food <laughs> He's asking him for some food. Why? What's the meaning of this? Because we know, ultimately, that Jesus is not hungry. He's in his risen, perfected body. He doesn't experience pain. He doesn't experience hunger. So as a result, Jesus is not like, man, I haven't eaten since Holy Thursday. <laughs> like, y'all got some tacos or something? Jeez, he's not hangry either. You don't get hangry in the risen body. He's not saying, you better get me some tacos or I'm going to call the plague a locust on you. No, that's not the reason. So what is the purpose? Why does Jesus ask them for something to eat? Now, in the most of the church fathers, if you read them will say the reason is is because Christ wanted to show that he wasn't a ghost. Ghosts can't eat food. People with real bodies can. And so by him eating, he is showing to them, as he just said to them, that he is not a ghost and he's flesh and blood and his risen flesh. The other thing that I think is very interesting is that imagine that you were going to be making up your own religion telling your own myth about this deity that would rise from the dead. If you were making it up, or if most people were making it up, what would you have that deity say? Probably something like, I am God and I am risen from the dead. Some very pious things, some very holy sounding things that would inspire people to worship him. But instead, what does the gospel writer say? Have you got anything to eat? This is the last thing you would think that God would say on the day that he rose from the dead. And because it's the last thing you'd expect, for me at least, it sort of lends some credibility to the fact that they're not making up the story of the resurrection. If they did, it would sound a lot more pious, something like a myth that you might read. But the third thing is the one that I'm going to kind of really want to focus on is that this story of Jesus eating is not the only story of Christ eating after the resurrection. In fact, on Easter Day, we know the passage that whenever the 
apostles are in the boat fishing, and they see Jesus on the shore, what do they do? They go there, and Jesus is cooking some breakfast. He says, look, I got some fish for breakfast. Y'all want that? Y'all want to have stinky breath the rest of the day? But they take it, and Jesus eats the fish with them. On the road to Emmaus, at the inn, he breaks bread with them. He eats, and then today, he takes the food and eats in front of them. So eating is very important, but not just eating. Notice what's happening. Jesus isn't just like, you know, hanging out, eating some, some hot Cheetos or something. He's not taking a snack. When he eats, he is eating with other people. He's eating in front of the apostles with him. He's eating with the disciples. He's eating with the two on the road to Emmaus. That he doesn't just eat alone in the resurrection. He's eating with other people. And so I bring this up because I think it's an important point and something that maybe we don't think enough about. And I'm not going to get into some large metaphysical or philosophical exploration of this. But the lesson that I think that we can learn is that after the resurrection and the world that we are living now, if we're going to take the example of Jesus, eating is important. Not just eating, but eating with other people. Our friends, our family, in particular other Christians and other believers. That eating in a community is something crucial to our identity as believers in the risen Christ. I'm sure most of you have heard this, that well, in our society today, we eat, we like to watch TV shows about eating more than we like to eat, which is something completely different, but we like to eat alone. We get our fast food, we eat in the car, we eat on the run, and we're all guilty of this. I am guilty of it too, part of our culture. But that we no longer eat as a group. Families don't sit down at table and eat anymore. And this is not a good thing. Now, I'm not too sure that this is really a critique so much in Cajun culture. You know, I've never heard anybody say, well, I'm a crawfish ball for myself. I'm a cook a gumbo for myself. No, there's still something very beautiful about our Cajun culture. That when we do cook and we do eat, it usually is in a group. Family, friends. A great community. There's a communal dimension. But I think that's the key. That when we as Christians are not supposed to be like the rest of the culture, who maybe eats by themselves or eats alone, but when we eat, that communal dimension is crucial because, in a certain sense, it brings forth and manifests and connects us to the risen Lord Jesus. Now, where do we see this mostly? Well, the answer is pretty obvious. It's what we're doing today. It is in the Mass. It's in the Eucharist. In fact, Scripture scholars would say that all the passages that I've com commented on about eating after the resurrection are all Eucharistically themed. And so Christ is eating with his apostles. He's breaking bread with them. But he's doing so in that communal setting with the church. And so that helps us to explain that where do we encounter Jesus? and eating, primarily at the Mass, where we come to receive communion, but we don't just do it by ourselves. We do it with a group of people. There's something important about us gathering on Sundays, not only to celebrate the resurrection, but to share that meal, to join the sacrifice 
of Christ together. And so that's why coming together is important. Not trying to be by yourself off and not really participate, like the people who like to hang out in the chapel over there and not really participate. That's not what we're called for. We're supposed to be here together. That's not even talking about the people who like to take off after communion. It completely contradicts everything we're about. We're here as a communion, celebrating with the Lord, encountering Him, not as individual automatons. But not just the Mass, it should be with our meals, gathering together, eating, celebrating. Food is important, but what's more important? The community, the connection, the things that are shared that meals can take on a real spiritual dimension if we allow them. Now, I talked about this a few years ago. One of my favorite movies of all time is the French film, French-Swedish film, Babette's Feast. I really encourage you. You probably can find it on Netflix, streaming, or on Amazon. Um, and they actually just did a restoration of it a few years ago. And it's a story of the small little village, um, not Swedish, uh, it's... Uh, elsewhere, but a very puritanical, very rigid Protestant village with these two sisters who are kind and loving to everyone. But all of a sudden there's this refugee from France, this woman named Babette, who decides to take, as you find, all of her lottery winnings and cook this extravagant French meal for the people there. A meal that you'll see completely changes their life. That's what it's about, or what we should be about. A very Catholic film and a very Catholic outlook of food and community and dining. And it should bring us joy. It should connect us together. There's something spiritual that can take place when we eat as family, friends, as a community, even if it's not at Mass. And so this is what I want to sort of encourage uh, for all of us, but in a particular way for the students as we get into these last few weeks of school. Know that we are all very, very stressed and we're worried about this exam or this test or about graduation. And that's all understandable. And I talked about earlier, well, a little bit last week, about ways we can avoid that stress. But notice today's gospel. Before Jesus breaks the fish and eats with him, what does he say? Peace be with you. I think that if we can take some time over the course of the next coming weeks to be able to eat with Jesus, to make it a point as busy as we are to come to Mass with friends, as busy as we are to take some time to cook or have a meal with people we care about, get our minds off the exams, get our minds off of work and all that kind of stress, we can come to find communion with Jesus and that peace that only the Lord can bring. Amen.